Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of What If, where we picture a world that we can create together. This is the first episode of season 3. So thank you so so much for joining us once again, for tuning in, for hitting that fun button and for pressing play on this episode today. This first episode is really special because we are talking to a very close friend of mine and a very special person in my life. So let's get right into it. The mind. Two words that evoke very different responses in each of us. They are also the two words that excite us, keep us curious and give meaning to life. We are going to talk about the mind like it is, a living wonder. And we are talking about it with Dipti Balwani. my close friend and also the co-founder and facilitator of everyone's safe spaces called the mind room okay um so the journey the personal journey that led to the birth of mind room was a combination of one that is was very organic and serendipitous but also a very personal journey um i think in my 32 years of existence i have faced challenges that it, that have led me uh, to be very clueless on how to navigate them mm. um and these challenges redirected me to behave in ways that were unfamiliar traumatizing and had a huge toll on my mental health personally i have cumulate i have explored a cumulative total of 20 mental health professionals including coaches psychiatrists psychologists and therapists to understand what happened to me and why i behaved the way i behaved and the purpose of that was to help me feel more free of all that i had experienced because of those challenges mm. and through my journey i also serendipitously started to learn the gaps in the system of mental health as a service so i think keeping these experiences in mind um once again very serendipitously eight all female um teach for india alumni came together mm. uh because of their vested interest in well-being and extended knowledge and basically ext- chose to extend knowledge and support to those who needed it in the pandemic right the pandemic yeah. happened to come our way after we met twice as a group um physically in person and organically we started the mind room and i think through all of us have our own experiences with um mental health and i think this collective journey became all of our wish that everyone has access to someone to listen to with love right so i think the birth of mind room is a collective source of energy stemming from personal experience so i think when i talk about this i i it's more of a collective experiences that that um led to this rather than my single journey so mm. i think when i'm answering this question i want to answer it as a collective that's that's really good to know and actually it's good for me also because i don't think we've spoken about how mind room started like i know that this is something that you brought to life and all of you collectively brought to life but i think it good for me also to now know that this was the story behind it so you said that everybody should have access to someone to talk to and you know have that space and that uh, open and safe space and safe spaces is something that you have 
always believed and we've talked about this before as well and that comes to life a lot more with mindroom can you tell us a little bit more about safe spaces and why is it important for a mind to have that so i think the phrase safe space has evolved for me uh with respect to the meaning that it holds in my work with saturday art class we currently conduct safe sharing spaces in collaboration with teach for india to serve the students who need a safe sharing space at this time i actually conducted a session last week with kids that had the topic of who and where is your safe space in the world and i think the responses from students in those sessions truly capture hmm. why creating safe spaces is important some students shared that their safe spaces when they're um, with complete strangers and in others and while others said the opposite they said that safe spaces are where there are no strangers safe spaces for mm. the mind i feel creates an opportunity for people to ask questions and inquire about the mind to heal themselves just enhance their well-being right so i think when when i think of safe spaces of for the mind i think it allows us to pay attention to our brain which is often fatigued without our attention and self awareness right so i think any any space that allows you to talk about what's going on here in your mind um without judgment without this sense of even personal connection right so what i've okay. i've i've noticed through the mind room is a lot of people share that i have never shared this with anyone before mm. um it's so easy to talk to a stranger about this because yeah. i personally conduct um group sharing spaces and i'm just very mesmerized almost in terms of how much people open up what they open up about and and just the content that they share out loud and they're willing to share that and i think creating that space for like it clearly shows that the mind had all of it in here yeah and the fact that they're able to share it with a complete complete strangers who they've probably met like maybe once or twice in a group sharing space before or completely new for the first time it just shows how much the mind needs those spaces yeah so i think yeah the word safe comes from just i feel it's a space that gives you safety that you don't always have access to i completely agree with that because the first time that i came the one time that i've come for the serendipity circle on sundays uh on a sun- which happens every sunday by the way this is for the listeners um so the one time that i've come on sunday that is exactly what i left with that it was so easy for my mind to just just speak you know and and there were things that probably i have not acknowledged or realized myself but because of the circle and because maybe also because like you said um we were strangers and i we did not have any personal connection except you and i but but yeah that that really made me think about it a little more deeply as well that it did help in being completely honest about what was happening in my mind so so now this is a common theme that has come up in the past as well uh when it comes to mental health is that the pandemic has really amplified the importance of having that safe space for your mind so uh we usually say you know taking care of your mental health but in this for this context i'm going to say having that safe space for our minds and that should be a priority for all communities so what role do you think in your experience so far 
the mind's health plays in making us more resilient in times of crisis. Now that we've lived through an example, like we've lived through that experience collectively as societies, acknowledging that we will have future crises. I think the mind plays a very important role. I think it plays a very crucial role. Um, so essentially, any state that our that we get into, this could be a mental state, a bodily state, a physical state. It's all controlled by the nervous system mm. right and the nervous system essentially produces three states so you can either be in a completely hypo aroused state which is a state of being where you feel lethargic unmotivated down etc now if you pay attention to what this state is which is the hypo aroused state lethargy not motivated feeling down are all feelings that are also controlled by the mind but it's the state gets controlled and produced by the nervous system and on the other extreme is the hyper aroused where it's a state of being where we may feel really anxious angry upset agitated etc the state that is in the middle is the resilience zone um hmm. that is the state where we're able to feel and s- and and get a sense of clarity calm despite what might be going on in in the external world right so imagine mm-hmm. that our nervous system can put our nervous system puts us into these three states either hypo aroused hyper aroused or resilience uh, in the z- resilient zone so i feel it's extremely important that the mind's health is taken care of so that we allow ourselves to remain in the resilient zone or do as much as we can to um be present in that right because a lot of us are familiar that the mind and body are in sync but mm-hmm. i think if you think about okay i don't want to be in the hyper or hypo aroused i want to be resilient if i want to be resilient i need to initiate feelings of clarity calm despite what's going on right so that's hmm. where then it's clear that the mind's health is so important in making us resilient in this time of crisis so i just have a question yeah. about that so at any point in time on any point in your day are we not in control of what state our mind can be in is that not in our control it is in our control the times where it's not in our control is when there is a external situation that we don't have control of right so when there's something mm. like a pandemic or if there's uncertainty that we can't control right we might say hey i'm going to be resilient today but mm. if suddenly a city goes into a lockdown we can't control our bodily states and mental states at that time as much as yeah. we would want to right so our body and mind goes into these three states hmm. um but there is a lot that we can do and that's why i'm putting an emphasis on the mind's role to stay resilient yeah right so i think before this pandemic there was a there is a lot of knowledge in terms of okay how do i take care of my mind's health i can take care of it with meditation i can hmm. take care of it 
by talking to someone. I can take care of it by doing something for my body like yoga, which then has a positive impact on my mind. But when you see these, the fact that the nervous system can produce these three, hmm. it's almost then being like, how do I prepare myself to ensure that I don't go into either state, regardless of the uncertainty, right? Now, if you were to ask somebody right now that, hey, or we pick somebody who has a general state of anxiety before, even hmm. before the pandemic, hmm. right? If you ask them one year later after the pandemic, what do you now do differently to kind of manage your mind and your mental state? They will have more knowledge. Yeah, true. Right? Mm. Back one year ago, they were probably in the hyper or hypo aroused. They didn't know how to get into the resilient space because something like a pandemic or war or anything that's an event that the body and mind is not used to, Mm. It's sometimes difficult to enter the resilient zone. Okay. So I think here it's also the mind's role then becomes a lot about awareness in terms of what do I need right now? Mm. Right? Like, um, so I think through this resilience model almost, there are actually three techniques introduced to get someone to find it easier to get into, um, to put them in that resilience zone state, right? Like you okay. said, aren't we in control to do that? I yeah. sometimes think that it's just sometimes with a new circumstance or a challenge that exists, there's just more awareness that is needed, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm in X city. It's this busy. The traffic irritates me. This irritates me. It's a huge, like a number of years of experience and life experiences to then be like, okay, this is what, yeah. this is what makes me anxious. This is what makes me hmm. uh, confused. This is what makes me feel really low. Yeah. But suddenly you have this, uh, uh, something like a pandemic and you're like, I don't even know. These were the things that would, I, I never, a part of your brain never thought about being unemployed. Yeah. Um, hmm. And hmm. so your body goes into that shock because it just doesn't know like suddenly if you're like, I could lose a parent or a friend any day now. Yeah. That state, that state of mind is is going to be very difficult to, to be centered. And I think through a lot of reading and research, when I got introduced to these tools through this resiliency model, the hypo, hyper, and then arousal hmm. states and the resiliency state in the middle, they introduced three techniques. So it's grounding, tracking, and resourcing. Now, grounding is allowing yourself to be come back and be in the present moment, very simply. Mm. Tracking is paying attention to all the bodily sensations and feelings that you're going through. And resourcing is taking your mind to a place that is calm and will allow for resi resiliency. Okay. Now, these three tools might be like, how can you do this before? So I knew about these tools before the pandemic. How is it different? Hmm. But I think it's more just actively training your mind that these are the three things that one should do on a regular basis, whether you have anxiety, don't have anxiety, have a mental health struggle, don't have a mental health struggle. I think it's keeping these three tools, how we say the pandemic is the new normal. Hmm. 
I think we need to pay attention to what our mind needs as the new normal as well, right? I think yeah, every single person needs access to these three tools, regardless of having a history of needing support with your mental health or not. Correct. Um, because we're all entering a state of our nervous system is putting us <coughs> in either the hypo or hyper aroused and. This might be happening for people who would never probably or not even never probably experience that, but are unfamiliar with that because they never might have they never might have had to deal with it. Hmm. And this, I don't know. I mean, this this is probably the most cliched relative comparison to what what you just told us is that like the way we train our body, the, the space that we give our body, the time that we give our body to become resilient to external factors um to protect ourselves that's exactly what our mind needs it's just that all these years and all these centuries of human evolution we've we've never stopped to think about how important this is or maybe we did but all of that was just overshadowed by other things i don't know that's probably controversial but <laughs> uh but i think yeah i think this this makes this makes a lot of sense and something that personally experienced as well so can completely relate giving your mind a room to speak let's just think about that for a couple of seconds we're so often on autopilot that it makes shunning the mind's thoughts a silent habit This room that we are talking about could have just you or a group of other minds talking to you. How often do we give our minds that room? Or more importantly, how much more important has it become for our minds to get that space? So now that you've told us um the importance of giving your mind that space, that time, that room, that voice, tell us how mind room is creating a safe space. to further explore our mind's voice and mind's voice time the time you need the room you need just creating that in reality so i think we started off just being in a mental health response to covid mm. right and i think at that point very organically people were like i will offer one on one listening spaces and i will and i chose personally i chose to offer group sharing spaces after a year now we have tried to solidify these spaces based on need so we've kind of like titled these spaces after getting clarity ourselves also in terms of what the needs are what is coming up in those listening sh- sharing spaces that we that we mm. opened up technically the like in technical terms what we do to create safe spaces is we offer and the way we message our space also is we say that they are listening with love Hmm. one on one spaces and listening with love group spaces in the listening with love one on one spaces we have it categorized into three buckets right so one is counseling one hmm. is coaching and the other is just a listening space so i think the nature of that and our choice of doing that has stemmed from the fact that sometimes the current reality is that there are people who might be slightly wary of the word counseling or coaching yeah maybe just people might find comfort in just the word listening to go back to the crux of the question how do we create um 
these safe spaces we put a lot of thought into our messaging like in terms of what we're offering and also where we want to be very transparent on who is offering the space yeah. so we're very transparent in terms of if somebody is currently studying to become a psychologist or a counseling psychologist or a therapist or only had certification in something we're very transparent with that hmm. and we make it very visible to the participant who's signing up to the space that yeah. they are aware of like who they're signing up with a lot of our bios involve including one or two lines or a few words on our own personal experience with mental health to also again hmm. create that tone of the fact that it will be a safe sharing space right so again a lot of emphasis on language and tone and i think all the messaging of all three spaces especially the listening one because the other two are kind of self explanatory people are aware of those terms the listening one we've now tried to be slightly active on instagram because a lot of people who have come to these spaces now have started sharing their own feedback their initial reservations and said you know what would really help is we know the facilitators now but if i knew the facilitators beforehand slightly more knew more about you there would be this human connection a lot of people come especially to the group space and share that i see the email and the sign up every single week but it's taken me one year to mm. sign up for a space and i always make sure to ask these people what what would be um what would what would encourage you to have signed up for a space earlier some responses are like you know i didn't feel comfortable i was not ready yet mm. but when answering the other angle that we got to the, the these questions were this question was when you started becoming active on social media when i started hearing the voice of people that's what helped me um other people said i just um, i needed some time a lot of people actually highlighted that the fact that this space was consistent yeah for an entire year now they just felt trust in the space so i think a combination and of just i i just want to add one more to that i also think it's because you've created that space and you've you've always said that it's there for when you need it so it's 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 also letting everyone know that hey you were probably having a good week and you're fine but then maybe you're not having a great week or not having a great day so you're still here so it's also that kind of messaging which i feel really helps but yeah, yeah. sorry don't apologize and i think so i covered the one on one spaces the group sharing spaces we have two one is a workshop and the other is a just a sharing space both are conducted um predominantly by me so i i will share more knowledge on this compared to the listening mm. with loved ones but both with the workshops and group sharing spaces i often see a lot of people coming back and i try to pay attention to what's working for people right mm. and i think i don't give advice or i ensure that the, the space doesn't becoming about doesn't become about giving advice mm. but more about this feeling of a shared reality i constantly keep in my head or keep at the back of my mind how am i creating this space where people feel safe and this sense of shared reality and this sense of not feeling alone hmm. because 
if a person is joining for either a workshop which is a particular topic on like how to take care of something related to the mind or how to become more resilient in some aspect and the group sharing space is just open ended sharing and responding to questions that everyone answers hmm. so i make sure that it's it becomes a space where people are learning from each other and i also pay attention to the fact that if somebody is signing up for this space hmm there is some sort of need to express in a group we have a question in our form saying why are you signing up hmm. so i think making sure that i take into account those responses is something that i feel like allows me to create a safe space hmm and the other thing is i consciously very very consciously make sure that my voice is not the dominant voice whether it's a workshop even if i am imparting knowledge or my experiences my voice is never the dominant voice hmm. um i put in a lot of emphasis on the collective hmm. um to make sure that people are getting what they sign up for and also at the beginning they have a space to articulate that this is why i'm here and this is what i need it's just given the nature of the values i try to operate with of non authoritative inclusive safe if someone for example shares something that is very visibly distressing for another person hmm very automatically somebody will reply in the chat box or come off mute and just say a few words of comfort yeah i am not always the one who creates that comfort right so i think i'm very conscious of that and yeah. i think that's what i feel these small things right i i feel like it's these small things that really allow us to create safe spaces um in the mind room for exploration of our mind's mm-hmm. voice i think each facilitator asks themselves how can i make this space safe <coughs> and i think as a collective team of mind room i think we put access and affordability at the center as well um to ensure that everyone who needs a safe space has access for it and i think that's very evident in the range of spaces that you provide that it's accessible to all and really it's just having that i don't want to say awareness i want to say it's that like you said the learning that you are doing and after learning something about yourself you realize you need it just having that space that okay i know where i need to go and this is and they'll be there okay so you told us about taking care of the mind and why that's important how mind room is helping do that and enabling that now we are going to talk a lot more about you this is great because maybe 10 minutes that we're going to speak most of the those thoughts and questions come from what i have learned from you i think this is also an opportunity for me to let whoever is listening in that you are an inspiration for a lot of the things that i do and a lot of the things that i think so needed to let you know um cool so we're going to talk about reflection very very something that comes up often and something that has been coming up often since i joined teach for india and maybe longer for you so when you reflect on your journey so far what are some of the big wins and the reason i like stressing on wins is because i know wins do not come without challenges 
So you only tend to have a win and you tend to win in something is when you've learned in the past from something. So keeping that in mind, what are some of the wins and what are the big learnings that have come out of these? I think if I were to articulate a win, I think the only win I would want to articulate or identify or acknowledge is the fact that I and this team have collectively remained consistent in what we provide. Like I think putting a lot of emphasis on the word consistency. Yeah. For 60 plus weeks now, every single week, been a space provided. All of us have either full-time job or enrolled in a college or a university. Mm. So I just think it's commendable that whatever we have created has been so consistent and has been as consistent as it has been. And I, and I think it's the reason it's, it's a win for me is because I think anything that comes naturally and doesn't feel like work and materializes like an idea materializes into something concrete is you found your purpose. Yeah. So like, I feel like even if this is like a, it's not something I do full time, um, but it definitely caters to what I believe in. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think I would want to celebrate the consistency for myself and everyone involved. And I think in terms of the biggest learning that has emerged from this particular win is really believing and internalizing that not every idea needs to turn into now let me make it an organization or now let me become an entrepreneur or now let me like get famous about it right i'm i'm not i'm not trying to downplay the fact that if somebody mm. has a beautiful idea it should not get the recognition it deserves absolutely not yeah. i just feel like because love seva and service translated into consistency hmm. without needing like an organizational structure all of that i think yeah we struggled a lot being like what is our vision what is our mission uh what is our strategy and we still are exploring those pieces but i think it's the minute we have we i feel like when we just organically began putting consistency at the focus nothing else mattered right so my learning is that if you're consistent the fancy ideas do not necessarily need to pour in as a means of pressure or like because I feel like if we were not consistent then we would not be where we are because we would have been like hey there is no monetarily gain over here I'm not getting recognized, but I don't think any of those things matter. I think just now it's also then the learning is that a combina- a beautiful combination of consistency and passion is, I won't say all that is needed, but <laughs> there are two key ingredients I have learned to make an impact, right? And I think my perception of how one would create an impact was very, very different before I started this. I think you've explained it so beautifully. What I asked you, you hit that so well with what you said in that a big win has been giving shape to this and and creating mind room and making safe spaces available to all. 
And out of that, your learning has been through continuously learning from the wind. So I'm sure you've had small, small wins and you've continuously learned from them to really understand that consistency and uh, passion are two key ingredients. And that's a big learning for me also because I'm trying to find my ingredients <laughs> towards that. And consistency is something that's not usually in the top three for a lot of people when they talk about, you know, impact. So that's that's a that's a good learning for me. Now that you've been showing up and oh wait, before I before I move ahead, I had this in my mind and I was gonna say it is that I think you're doing an amazing job. The whole team is doing an amazing job. And since I know you so well, I just wanted to say that you're born for this. You were born to do this. And I'm sure you're going to do something big also. This is just the start. What do you envision for Mindroom? What do you what are you hopeful for? And what do you see as the bigger picture when you look a little bit ahead? So something that I feel extremely hopeful about is just being available for more people, right? Um, I really admire the consistency that we've operated with. Personally, I like that it's not an organization that is registered. I like that it's a model that is quite replicable. Um, for one year, I was the only one facilitating serendipity circles. But now we've opened it up to more volunteer facilitators. And our requirements to get in more facilitators right now is that they have been part of these spaces or it's someone that we personally know so that we can vouch for uh, the same values at least. So my hope is just reaching out to more people, finding people who will continue the legacy of consistency. Hmm. Right. And I think it's, just keeping it simple, according to societal definitions of the word, like what's an ambitious goal that I have for this space. I don't want an ambitious goal. Um, mm. I just wish for whether it's through mind room or just through conversation, more people just start taking care of themselves and each other. Yeah. When I hear people from my serendipity circle saying, hey, I started a serendipity circle with my friends. Or if I hear things like, hey, whatever you taught me from your, whatever I learned from your workshop, I have extended that knowledge to my parents or a friend. That is what I envision. I envision this space where people feel more comfortable, make other people more comfortable to take care of themselves and each other. Hmm. So I think it's more just, it's less for me about growth and numbers and impact And it's more about what people do with the experiences, what mindsets are shifted because of that. How people who engage in a one-on-one space that is not charged, then from inside wants to go and extend that to another person, regardless of being titled counselor, coach, or therapist, right? So through Mindroom, I envision and am hopeful that people start listening to each other Mm. with more love um yeah it's a very sustainable way of looking at it as well that you're making sure that you're planting seeds so now we come to the what if question and this question is helping us helping me 
picture a world that we can all help create together. So really just sparking that, you know, that thought or that conversation, like you said, sparking that conversation, sparking that dialogue. So that's just the purpose of this question. So what if we were in a mind room session right now? What question would you have for us to explore? Question or questions? Okay. So keeping with the spirit of connection, spark, listening to other people so you can ask these questions to other people, I would pick four questions. Mm. Okay. And these are four questions I have chosen from all the questions that I have explored with people in the last year and something. The first one would be right now, given the opportunity, whom would you want to write a letter to saying the following? Dear Dash, I love you because. Dear Dash, I miss you because. Dear Dash, please forgive me because. Dear Dash, thank you because. Dear Dash, I'm sorry because. That's one question. My rationale for that question is I think when I've explored this question in a group, hearing Mm -hmm. other people's responses to what it is makes the person who has possibly pondered on these questions or everyone feel Mm -hmm. slightly less alone and less uncomfortable with actually acting on writing these letters, right? It's yeah. the nature of these statements are like, okay, I'm going to push these statements or these letters on the side. But when you listen to other people or even that one person who is like, this is what I'm going to do. You get yeah. courage and faith to be like, okay, let me share. Um, second question. What do you need to be able to communicate this to them? If there is a wish for that, I would always frame my questions that, okay, I'm going to make you do something courageous and brave. Now you might not want to do it, but let's talk about and explore what would you need? And just the act of sharing that out loud, I have seen almost provide a shift in people's thinking and mindset with respect to just being able to speak their heart or their mind out to people or a specific person. And these are questions that you tend to like push away in your mind. So just, you know, even having that question being posed to you kind of makes you like, oh yeah, I can actually think about this. And I think the last two questions, and again, this is not in any particular order, but these last two questions are geared on sharing whatever is in your heart related to you, right? So the last two questions would be, How is your heart, mind and body on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? Questions like this instantly form a connection. And I usually ask this question at the beginning of a mind room space, just Mm -hmm. so that there is a connection that happens. Almost being like, oh, you're at a 4, I'm at a 4, you're at Mm -hmm. a 6, what can I learn from you? So, And I I frame it that way, being like, the reason I'm asking you to put these numerics is to keep an open mind when we share in the next one and a half hours. Group spaces mm. are typically one and a half hours. To really then think about, hey, can I learn something from someone else? Am mm. I really alone in these things? Um, so I think a question like that, I think also provides this sense of familiarity that we often try to seek. And last question would be, is there anything you need right now? How may I help? I think just given the nature of the pandemic I think that question is under asked and I feel like it's a question sitting from a cross screen can be 
a very simple answer. I, when I have asked that question to people very close to me and not close to me also, mm. I always get a response. Hey, can you send me a quote? Can you send me a funny song? Can you, a funny joke or like a fun song? Can you edit my resume? There are so many things that come out when you just ask. Allow someone to request something of you. Attached to this question of, hey, is there anything you need right now? Is there anything you need right now? Allows the person to acknowledge what they need. Yeah. And the second half of the question is an open invitation to be like, hey, can I help you? I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Thank you for these questions. I hope that it sparks a lot of thought and um, acknowledgement of what we all are thinking at any point in time. Okay, so for this final question, which is which is about gratitude, and that is something I've learned from you, uh, something that you have practiced and you've shared with me, and I have been good and not so good and learned from the experience. So yeah, what are you grateful for? It can be anything, any day, any time. I am uh, grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for people. I am grateful for anyone who has truly taught me how to take care of myself and been there for me. And for I'm just grateful for, again, the love that you and a lot of other people have given me when I have been at my lowest and also not. Because in those really tough times where I received unconditional love and support and listening ears from you and others, I realized the power of people and conversations and the importance of keeping the mind safe. I have People have kept my mind safe when I couldn't. Um, and I think the fact that so many people have helped me realize the importance and value of keeping my mind safe, I then have become... I think that's what contributes to the consistency, right? Which is if so many people showed up for me, then it is my responsibility to be other people's mind keepers when I have, when so many people have kept my mind safe. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you and for doing all the wonderful things that you do. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Hope this chat sparked your reflective senses because that's just one of the benefits of giving your mind some room. I strongly encourage you to check out what Mind Room's team is up to. Sign up for a session and get your friends to do the same. You will find all the links in your episode notes. Don't forget to share this episode with your mom, dad, sibling, friend, neighbor, cousin, colleague, aunt, uncle, whoever you think will enjoy listening to this. It's the only way we can grow our community of change thinkers, leaders, and makers. We are friendly, so write to us your thoughts, suggestions, and feedback. You can also chat with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Until we meet again, take care and stay safe.